Okay, awesome. thank you, Nalipi, for doing the intro. Um, <laughs> it is the Adam 365, all hits, no misses. Um, as you can tell, I have got a co-host on today's episode. Uh, her name is Naledi, she's my daughter. So, yeah, if you hear her talking, I want you to pay like very close attention because she only drops gems. Awesome. And I'm with a very dope person who... Hey. I'm actually, this is your first time on the podcast. It is. And I'm actually very surprised. I don't know why. Cause, and I say I'm surprised because... Um, you're a very intelligent person. I oh, think we, we have we have very uh, genuine and spirited um, engagements, disagreements, yeah. and, and and what I like about those things is that it's always like we're discussing the issue. Yeah. You know. It's never attacking the person. Yes. Even if you think I'm yeah. wrong, if you think that's a bigoted view, you, you attack the view. Yeah. So, Sidi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Comrade Naledi, for co-hosting <laughs> this one. Yeah. I'm very excited. I always have, like, very strong opinions when I listen to your podcast. I'm like, ah, I have so much to say. And then I'm like, you know. I think you told me I should do live ones so that yes. people can engage. Yes. Me. Like, I always have, like, a lot to say. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, Pause, pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm actually really excited to be here and maybe cause the same effects to yeah. other people. Yeah, it's a lot of. I think that that's the the fun thing about podcasts is that I mean you want to sometimes argue with the people, but you can't. Yeah. So you, you just you just you hope have that to sit and listen to their perspective. Yes. <laughs> you can't interrupt. And try to get, yeah. Um, so before we talk about the the, the, the things I wanted us to talk about. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, like um, where you're from, what you studied. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, I wonder, like, maybe in this podcast, I'll put like a trigger warning, just because, like, it's not going to get like bad deep, but yeah. I might just like talk about things that I've experienced because yeah. I have experienced, like many women in this country, a lot of trauma mm. that has informed the decisions that I've made. Yeah. So that's just the trigger warning in case someone is not ready to hear oh, yeah. whatever um, I might have to say. But yeah, so uh, I'm TD. I'm actually like, well, I was born in Kharangkua. Yeah. Oh, Kharangkua. <laughs> yeah. I've got lots of family there. Oh, hey, what's yeah. up to your family there? <laughs> um, yeah, I was born actually literally in the middle of a protest which is, I don't know if it says something about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally my mom gave birth like on the floor and the, because the hospital had a, like a protest. And so the women were like, there wasn't like hospital care. And so I think that was maybe like the last, was supposed to be the last legacy of apartheid that I experienced. Yeah. Um, and that kind of informed who I was. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Can we sit a little bit down here? Sure. Yeah, continue, I'm still listening to you. Um, and I grew up in Whitbank, Emalateni, which is like a coal area. So like there's a lot of mining, a lot of um, air pollution, just a lot to be passionate about and see like a lot of failed state um, service delivery. Um, I went to Wits, I went to, because I wanted to be in Joburg and I studied accounting sciences, which is like the CA stream. But then, uh, thank you so much for clarifying because I never understand. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the CA streams of people yeah. who want to be CAs and like me, I wanted to be a CA because that's all I knew really. Um, and then I, <laughs> fees was full happened. Yeah. And then my entire perspective, like I thought a lot of things that were happening were just happening to me. Interesting. Um, what, what, then, what, what, what sorts of things? Are you talking about like the financial stuff or what? So, um, like finance was like studying like I couldn't afford to go to university but lucky enough I did get a scholarship 
Um, Cause they're a, clever. <laughs> well, I, I did work very hard when I was in high school for yeah. it, but I know that it. I know that it's not actually fair because some people don't even get the opportunity to. So I think it wasn't really the fees thing. It was more for me being in the space and then saying like, oh, I experienced this and I went to CCDU and this and this, like which was the healthcare part of um, VITS, I think. Yeah. And I think when I spoke about like my traumas, mm. there were so many women, especially, um, oh, let her not key your car. Ooh. She'll be fine, don't worry. Okay. Yeah. It's not my um, car. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and so I, I think my perspective on life changed because I thought all these bad things were just happening to me. So I'd ask like, why is this happening to me? And I just speak to other women. So whether like, again, trigger warning, but like I experienced a very violent rape on campus mm. and I didn't speak to anyone else. I had like a lot of male friends and so no one really understood. So I thought it was a me problem. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, the fees must fall happened and I realized that it's a structural problem and mm. I'm just experiencing a structure, like a system that has failed me. Mm. And so I became quite passionate about like development and I was like, but I don't really want to do the whole CA thing. And during fees must fall, like all of that, like I met a lot of people and a lot of people um, who were in politics already were saying that maybe you should like go study, like they all like studied, um, overseas so they're like oh maybe you should do that and i was like oh i never even like thought that was a thing i mm. thought the only thing that existed was the whole ca thing mm. and so i did i took my chances and i ended up on a scholarship which is called the nelson mandela scholarship studied mm -hmm. my masters Salute. in international de <laughs> <laughs> in international yeah. development um at i'm joking guys i'm not calling mandela a lot i was just trying to be funny uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah Hi. um and I, yeah, so I studied international development and I think being away from the country, it dawned on me like how bad it was. Like every time I encountered someone and they're like, oh, where are you from? Like South Africa. And like a lot of like, you know, white liberals would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you can, you can apologize in cash or something. Yeah, like, we hey, want reparations. Hey, reparations. Like, yeah. I'm joking, but like, um, I think my perspective of everything changed a lot. Like it was, the first time I had peace, I guess, in terms of and access to a lot of resources that were supposed to support me through the trauma that I experienced mm. while I was in South Africa. And then I came back. Wait, wait, wait. So so um, just so I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that when you left, you, mm. you, you, you felt supported and you were mm. able to work through whatever you, you had to work through. Yes. Yeah, so and, you, and, you, and those are those those are resources you wouldn't have. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, um, for example, like, OK, I will talk about rape because, um, but like when you're experience sexual violence in South Africa yes there are like theoretically you can get um, a forensics kit like a rape kit or you can do those things but as to what like the the policy is there but the implementation isn't really there so if you're not like lucky for me I was at VITS and I say like I was lucky like it's weird to say that, like, yeah. with, with that's where it like, happened. Yeah, and, and I was lucky that there's a Mill Park hospital that were a private hospital that worked really well with um, sexual violence. But for a lot of women, and I did like a whole case study thing about it. A lot of women don't even know where to go. Like where they do go, they're like, oh, we don't have. We've run out. So, like mm. there was a time where there was no rape kits in 70% of police stations in South Africa. Hectic. Yeah, so that's like one example. And then also just 
um, but then what, mm. you, what you're saying, and, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but it's, it's okay. what, what you're saying, what you're saying, what you're saying is very interesting because um, I think on a policy level, we, we've yeah. probably got things on, yeah. on wraps. I mean, I think Perfect I think we've got very to me could be better always. Yeah, but, but I think in terms yeah. of policy, I think we've got very good policies. But yes. then once you, but the question is, do those things actually translate exactly. into into, yeah. into real life? Um, yeah, yeah, real life things. So yes, you 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 were going to go into therapy. Yeah, so it was. Um, I think one of the policies they do have is they have a lot in the UK. So I studied in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot. What did of, you study in the UK? Sorry. I studied international development, and I did like a major in education as well. So I was looking at policy um, in education. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so when I was there, there was like a lot of support specifically for. South African women mm -hmm. who have experienced rape in mm -hmm. their country. So there was like even the support that we were supposed to be getting mm -hmm. that I, I I guess, yes, I was lucky that and I do want to shout out like my therapist, my trauma therapist who held on like afterwards and gave me sessions for many years like for free. Yeah. But I know that's not a reality for most um, people in this country. Like, Definitely. you know, so to go there and there's like therapy that's specialized on like recovering from trauma and starting again. Mm. Um, it was unheard of for me, like all these centers and all this, like it was just a very different it was the first time i think i did not blame myself mm. it was like oh actually like there are all these responses that make it feel valid that i was upset about um the things that i've been through okay cool um yeah. yeah so there were just like a lot of resources and a lot of people invested like not just like one therapist there was a whole host of resources that you could get and it, it just exposed me to like what i considered like the violent rape but then also all these other things that had happened to me that I didn't actually consider it as that maybe because I didn't want to and it just gave like I knew I couldn't go to the um, police station and talk about like for instance like attempted rape like I didn't think that was like a thing like mm. if it didn't happen it didn't, it happen. didn't happen that's yeah. like what I thought like and it's only bad if it did happen but mm. fighting it off or whatever like that's still traumatic so mm. I experienced that and I was like, I guess it's almost like survivor's guilt where you're like, this is so great. Um, why? And it sucks that I went through it initially, but mm. I wish that everyone else could experience that. And so I, I don't know in hindsight whether it was a smart move, but I thought like, and I had like connections and I had the qualifications and experience. So I thought I'm going to come back to South Africa and I'm going to try and be a part of like champion these policies or be a part of like implementing the policies we already do have and making sure that they work and it was like very exciting for me i came back to south africa and um, things didn't actually like turn out that way mm. um so a lot of people when so the scholarship i got i think it was like quite hard and it was a long time since the south african got it um and you know it had like Tabumbeki studied at Sussex through the scholarship um Festus Mukhail like a lot of like I think four presidents have been on the scholarship so it's like quite difficult to get and when I got it like a lot of people in politics started reaching out to me and saying like oh okay let's talk like why did you get this oh okay you stand for something great like let's work together let's do this and when it came back when I came back I I was confident I was like oh at least I don't have to worry about like the employment issue and stuff and to an extent I didn't have to worry about it but when I did get these offers by like round three let's say the three rounds for the interview by the mm. last round it would be okay well you you qualify and everything but let's exchange that 
for a sexual favor and so oh really yeah. still yeah so it's like as soon as i came back so it was like this break where for the first time i had to learn like i learned that i was more than that and then i came back and i was like nope back to normal back to where you started and i realized that there's some it's not even like the policies can be so great like, but like you know policies can be as progressive as they want but if the people who are supposed to be implementing them are not doing the things that they're supposed to for um in this case like women in this country we have a problem so a lot of people are asking like they're asking for um statements or asking for proactive measures from these people but i've engaged with these people before and you know i don't want to like out or like get in trouble or something mm. but i've i know what their stances are on mm. on gender-based violence they're not in the business of protecting they are yeah. abusers themselves they are exactly and i saw that like almost firsthand lucky I think I knew better, like I knew that actually like I, I can get away, but a lot of women um, I think don't know that, or to them like this, it's, you know, this abuse of power, like they think, well, if I don't get this gig, like I'll never get a job, or if I don't get this gig, or I have to, or like there's just a normalization of that. And having had like been, if I hadn't gone to the UK, I don't think I would have been empowered with the knowledge to know that it's so wrong. Mm. But and, and I would have been doubting myself and thinking like, oh, what happened? And obviously, I don't want to make it seem like the UK is perfect and it doesn't have like sexual violence issues because they do like every country does. But mm. it almost felt like it was happening to me like every single day. Mm. And that's I think like maybe I'm OK with if I have like the power like to protect myself. I'm okay with like going through things if it means that the rest of other women don't have to go through it, but that isn't the case. And I'm now getting a bit older. I'm now starting to like, I'm not really old or anything like that, but like- You're maturing. I'm, yeah, exactly. And I'm starting to think about like, if I have children and if I have a daughter or just like any other young people, like the next generation, I'm starting to think outside of my own perspective and realize that it's not just happening to me, it's happening to them. and. I feel guilty and I don't, if I can, I would rather it not happen to someone. So if I have a child and I want to, like, you know, I've always like wanted to live in South Africa and fix it. Like that's the big thing for me and like make it a safe country or like where as much as I can. But if I do that and I do have a child, like, and I am in the space where, you know, men are asking for sexual favors in order for me to like get a decent job, like, what am I going to potentially be exposing my daughter or even, you know, I don't know, like my son, like what am I going to be exposing my children to? Can I get, if I can cop out of doing that, like maybe that's, you know, as a parent, you want the best for your children. You don't want them to suffer through what you've been through. Mm. And so that gave me the thought of like, maybe I shouldn't stay here. Anymore. I hear you, I hear you. And, and, and that's, that's, that's also interesting. And, and you, you raised so many things that, that also, open up so many questions right um so i mean i'm only gonna ask i'm only gonna ask this because i i, I mean you, you you've raised it and and, mm. and 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 all that so when you went through through the trauma of, of, of the rape like what you, you, i'm trying to you seem very open about talking sure, about I it. am. Yeah. Is, is that because is, is that your way of dealing with it or is that your form of activism activism like what, what's 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 or is it just because it's a part of your story, it's part of your truth, so why not speak about it? I'm trying to understand. Okay, um, yeah, so this is more trauma. Basically, yeah. um, when it happened to me, the person, <laughs> it's a lot of like 
a lot more trauma. You don't need to say anything. No, it's okay. No, I'm like, I'm comfortable speaking about it. I just am scared of traumatizing other people who may have gone through. I think so. they've, they've, if, they, if they've listened until okay, now, they're, they're good. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Um, but basically, um, when it happened, I went to the hospital and then I came back, like on my way back with a friend. Um, and I didn't like actually tell the friend like that's what happened, but mm. I was like, mm, maybe like, you know, whatever. And then it, I ended up having like the rape test done and all of the, the rape kit and all of that. And on our way back, um, and it was in the afternoon yeah. also, um, my friend and I got mugged. <laughs> so I like basically experienced this trauma, had to like address that trauma and then experience another trauma mm. and so i was like very shaken and then the person well the rapist the person who did it i called him out and i was like you did this 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 mm. this and that and he was like at first he was like he doesn't really believe in the concept of rape what? but eventually yeah it's quite hectic but yeah. eventually i was like dude i'm never gonna forgive you mm. you ruined my life like that's how i felt at the time and Instead, like I was like, and I even got mugged. Like, you know, I experienced two like really traumatic things that people shouldn't really be experiencing. Mm. And I'm from Woodbank also. Like these things, I mean, rape obviously happens everywhere, but like, I think muggings like that, mm. like it, it's a very, it's perceived to be quite a Joburg thing, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, like my parents, like no one was like prepared to say like, hey, you can't walk in during the day at Mill Park or something um, and without getting mugged. But yeah, you live and you learn. But basically I told, this person like in my anger like uh you ruined my life and i guess he was like oh i didn't know any better i was like okay whatever but then he went and told like his friends and like other people who i studied with like we all studied in mm. the same course um that that happened and it became a joke for like this was i think this happened in my first year and i didn't know it was a joke until like my final year of studies and mm. i found out that you know but like the whole time it was like a joke and so i experienced knowing people like knowing that people knew this thing happened to me before i even came to terms with it and also knowing that they all thought it was funny so i've had to like for for that time when i found out it was a part of my identity i couldn't see myself outside of my trauma but having left the country and came back i now have come to terms with it's not my fault and it happens to so many of us and clearly like there's nothing you can do that's going to make someone like disrespect you like that and mm. so it has then become my form of activism okay I hear yeah you. so then what 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 you raise is very interesting in terms of leaving to find that sort of healing or that's that that sort of understanding of, of various circumstances and um what i also wanted to talk about because i mean ever since i had a daughter right mm it's been more of a thing of I'm seriously considering leaving the country right yeah I had never ever even I never thought I would ever consider leaving the country as heavily <laughs> ever, as I am and I think even if it was for a son right I think we we're going to soldier through it right because I'm like <laughs> I'm like you'll be fine dog yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so so I mean we were also speaking about this offline where we we're speaking about like where would we go if we were to leave this country and is there anything wrong with like leaving and, and and saying look i think i'll have a better quality of life, life yeah. in another country so so what's your take on that and also i know i'm asking lots of layers <laughs> um but then like do you think the 
like w- 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 the racial aspect of it because i don't know if there's anywhere where we can be Fair. freely yeah. black you know it's true yeah. um where if i go to the us i mean there's a chance i might get shot by cops right Straight <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, same th- uk there's going to be um right-wing nationalists yes. that whatever whatever and i think that's a very prevalent thing i mean anti-blackness and anti-black racism is 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 a, is a truly global phenomenon Definitely. even in other african black countries. african countries yeah. so i'm always like conflicted like where do i go yeah Sorry, we got we, we, we got we got interrupted there. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, yes. So you were saying? Um. So I think you make a really, really good point about like, um, the entire world basically is anti-black. Even like other countries in Africa or countries that are predominantly black. Um, I just think I don't know if it's the same experience for men. So I think like as a black man and woman too. But like I think maybe america seems very daunting because it seems like the police will kill you and can get away with it yeah um because of like race right mm. whereas i think in the uk like they're not a lot like i'll using that experience as like a country that doesn't have a lot of guns in general mm. um but i think that even there like i experienced racism there definitely mm. like actual like proper racial attacks because of the whole brexit thing and so i don't want to like make it seem like it's any better it's like a, a paradise because it really isn't um and other like pe- black people from the uk can like attest to it because they you know their struggle is often erased but i do think that for me well at least like in my experience i never felt like i could lose my life and i think maybe that's the the concession like do i experience the loneliness of experiencing racism in a country that's predominantly white um or and and like experience that trauma or do i experience trauma in a country where people will understand what i'm going through but it's inevitable and it might result in my death mm. and so i think it's a life or death situ- like trade off and there's no to think about. yeah and there's like no almost like no winning mm. um because if you do go there like you will suffer but differently yeah. but you'll also be relatively safe yeah. and you'll get a, a standard of living that maybe you couldn't really or for me I couldn't really conceptualize it mm. but you'll also not be around other people who can understand and a lot of people will claim ignorance when they say or do racist things and you know like they're not you know what you're doing you know exactly yeah. like you think it's very clear what they're doing but in South Africa like you know like you can just say hey I experienced this and you don't have to explain why it's racist like everyone clocks it and yeah. like at least maybe having a lot of like political friends like i can just say it and you know so like they're not going to get away with it mm. just because we have that power of numbers but being in like but also it's not i don't think it's the same situation when it comes to like gender based violence like i i don't feel like i can speak to everyone about it especially like men mm. and that they will know how to respond suddenly like the response is like mm, so how do we react to that like and and it's a life or death it's like oh i don't yeah so that's it's interesting because i think i mean just generally i where we're moving and this this is maybe a segue into the next topic is that like in terms of like what you say everyone will understand you immediately mm. right um there's something i worry about sometimes because you know like cancel culture yes right um and i worry about it because 
I think the, the this mob mentality because I think because there's such little justice in the in the country mm. um we 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 resort to to our what we can do which is exactly. cancel yeah, you know the but little power we the have the little power yeah. we have i think we, we, that's where we try and exert it like yes. if if you see an abuser you're like oh but you're on the list why are we listening to your mm. new song you know yeah. so then yeah so i've got serious issues with cancel i, I understand where it comes from yes. and 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 i understand the need for it but i think that it doesn't solve the problem yeah it just makes um it puts a it, it like put puts a bandaid over the problem because I'm, i'm very big on prevention right? yeah and i think it's a very reactive step and it doesn't allow for open and honest engagement mm. and, and and all of that but yeah i don't know what you, what do you think i mean i i agree with you like all the points you raised are valid about um cancel culture but i'm also on the fence because i find it like to be quite a complex um conversation i think that i'll i'll maybe like i don't know with maybe i'll start with my experiences so when it comes to like cancel culture the closest i've gone with the most extreme form of cancel culture well what or should i maybe start like what cancel culture is is taking the little power you have and trying to exert it and say like i'm not standing for this mm. the system may protect you but i'm not going to do it anymore mm. and in theory like it's well meaning so like having grown up in Whitbank like there's an experience like I witnessed like mob justice happening and I love mob justice yeah, I saw like, someone getting their ass kicked on on, on Twitter the other day because they were doing an, an ATM scam and it, it, it gave me a warm feeling inside of like oh actually <laughs> I, re- I really yeah. like mob justice in that sense I think it makes sense like when this like the police responses inadequate or like the systems that are in place to respond to things are inadequate so if an abuser still has a platform it's like but that's not fair let's take that platform away and for me like the mob justice thing was it was a whole situation of this man who it was actually like pretty crazy so it was this young girl she was 13 maybe 14 and she was a sex worker which is obviously illegal generally but specifically for her like in her age. age like yeah i'm not anti sex culture or anything like this is not where i'm um, sex works so this is not where this is going but mm. basically um she complained to the other woman that hey this man just like did his thing but he didn't pay me mm. and the other woman like just went and i think she just like it just the story spread that people were like no but you're 13 like mm. he shouldn't even be there and it just caused like a huge like anger and all the people like in the area or like in this specific area just came together found the man and he kept fighting whatever but like they ended up like killing him and mm. the police were there and they were just chilling and watching mm. right and to me like the police being there was like oh Of course they would like they had they felt like they, this person was a threat to their society and nothing is being so done. So the cops kind of legitimized the Exactly. Yeah, and it was like, "Oh, well, w- what else could they have done? Like if you have police who are just chilling there watching a murder happen, like even though like obviously I think what the man did was wrong, but yeah. the fact that the people have taken the what they conceive perceive as the little power that they have in their hands because no one else is going to And so when I think about like that I think that's like the most extreme form of like cancel culture like canceling someone's life. life. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been like thinking about yeah. that every time I engage with cancel culture but I think that they I generally see it as accountability culture because I don't think anyone has actually ever been 
effectively cancelled. In fact, Except I think... for the man that was killed that you just mentioned. Oh, yeah, well, he was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was cancelled, cancelled. He was cancelled, cancelled. <laughs> but, like, yeah. generally people who are in positions of power, who are celebrities and they abuse people, I've noticed that they gain a following, like, when they do that. So they might lose certain, like, supporters, but they gain some... And I, I, I can't really tell why. I don't know if there's anything that's ever been written about it. Because they're abusers. I think, I think those fans and followers have, have empathy towards abusers. Yeah, and they, they just... They are abusers. Exactly. Yeah, that, that would make sense. And they don't want... They want to protect that system that protects them. Yes. And so I think, generally, I don't think it's effective because of that. Like, people still continue to live, like, very successful lives, even though they've been called cancelled. I think cancel culture works when someone doesn't have much power. So I think it's so much easier to cancel, like, Azealia Banks, like a black woman for doing something really dodgy than to cancel, like, someone who has a lot more power. Um, but I also think that a lot of times what we see as cancel culture is actually accountability culture. Sometimes people aren't, like, trying to cancel this. Sometimes they are, but like most of the time, people just want answers. They want justice. Then they want justice, yeah. yeah. And they want to see that you've changed as a person. And I think there are people who have done some really sketchy things, but they've been forgiven for many reasons. And so I do think like, even though, like I think cancel culture is like a symptom, like if we lived in a perfect system where all the systems that were there to protect us actually worked, we wouldn't have cancel culture. Like we wouldn't need to do those things because we'd have the law on our side, we'd have all these things. But because people don't have any other power, like I think they use, they're like, oh, well, I'm not gonna listen to your music. There go your streams mm. or something like that. And it makes them feel like, it makes us feel powerful and a very helpless, even though at the end of the day, we're very helpless. Well, I mean, I, I, I hear you, and, you mm. and you're probably right in the in the vast majority. But I think, like um, Java, for example, I mean, he was bas he's basically been crying that because of quote unquote cancel culture, he hasn't been able to put food on the table. <laughs> and I mean, maybe yeah. that's 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 an example of maybe a and the, he's not completely cancelled. Yeah. But maybe that is a form of an example of a powerful person feeling the repercussions. I mean, even Toles more recently, I mean, and Pearl Tusi with the whole um, interview that they're going to do on BET. Yeah, yes. I think that's also maybe another an, an, another example. I just, mm. my, 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 my only fear, and, and by the way, on those two things, I'm very happy that uh, th there were repercussions for that. So yes. I'm in no way saying yeah. anything against that. But I'm, I, I just worry that maybe it's not sustainable and mm. maybe, yeah, I, since it's so unregulated, quote unquote, unregulated, yeah. that um, there will be innocent people that true, exactly, victims. exactly. So, I mean, that's also something that I worry about. Even though we we'll always got to remember that the vast majority will be guilty. Yes. <laughs> but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's always scary to think. I mean, that's why there's no death penalty, for example, yes, because exactly. even one life yeah, being too taken many, is, too, yeah. is too many. So it's, yeah. it, I mean, it's, it's a very difficult line to. I, yeah, I agree with you and that's why like in theory I'm also not, I don't think cancel culture should be the answer to the things that, but when you live, operate in a system where there are no, like you can go to the police and try all these things and it just doesn't work, well, you know, what else can you do but to stop listening to this person's music? But I, I also feel that abusers in this case like i stand with the woman like i hope mm. i don't get sued or anything but even still like i do i've believe got you it. let them sue you i've got you you've, <laughs> yes. got, you've got you've got free legal actually, advice here and representation <laughs> actually yeah. but um i 
do think like a lot of abusers in my experience find a way to make themselves a victim and say like oh um, I've been cancelled, I can't put food on the table, like your music's still on Apple Music, like, and I see like on my WhatsApps or whatever, people are still supporting you and listening to your music and doing all these things and it, it's just like they always structured, I don't know if you've noticed, especially like in politics, when like men, I'll use like men specifically, like get attacked and said like, and attacked or like get called out for like rape or all those things, they resort to being like, oh, the black man is being attacked again. I hate that the black shit and they so do much. All oh. the time. And that to me is like, and and we fall for it. I think I've even like, I'm guilty of having fallen for something like so stupid before, but I think that's what abusers do. They're manipulative. They see the systems and they see where they fail and they like use it to their advantage. So I do agree with you that sometimes people who are innocent do get canceled. Like theoretically, if cancel yeah. culture was like, if it works like completely, then it wouldn't be a fair like process. It's not a just way, yeah. like it's not actual justice. But I don't, I try very hard not to feel sorry for those specific people because I know that I just believe like in my heart that they're just manipulating that situation. Mm. But I do like agree with you that if there was a better way to hold people accountable, I think people would have done it. Mm. Okay, uh, final thing just to wrap mm. up. Um, and uh, you can think about it a little bit because I haven't briefed you on this. <laughs> so like, Surprise. No, not really. Just like, so if, 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 if you to tomorrow yeah. were in a position of serious political influence, and serious political power, let's say hypothetically, you become president tomorrow, right? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it might happen, who knows? So what, 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 would, what would you like to see change? I mean, because I think at the end of the day, everything we've spoken about today on the podcast is like really about having a more, uh, a more just lived experience, yes. a, more, a safer lived experience. Because um, yeah. also a lot of the time when people criticize uh, the president about his response to gender-based violence, mm. sometimes I'm like, yo, but if I were him, what would I actually do? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, so I, I think the different issues, like I think about this a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the issues are legacy. So even, I'll try not to be too political, but like mm. I've, I did a lot of like research about like what each president in like South African history, pre-democracy post, like how, when they stood like certain policies, like what they stood for and when they got called out for the same issues because we're experiencing the same issues. Mm. And I think I found that a lot of them didn't respond appropriately. And so that legacy is carried on to today. So it's- The stacking it is, effect. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's a backlog of like, um, issue like cases and stuff that um, gender-based violence things and there are a lot of people who didn't report and a lot of those things I think that my approach so for starters like the police system I'm not pro the police the, the, the way that prisons work and stuff I don't think they're very effective um, but if you know if that's the tool that if I was president overnight like that's what I'd be inheriting yeah. I think that I would probably remove people from prison for nonsense crimes, like, you know, like be, people who are addicts, like people who had- Non-violent crimes. Non-violent crimes, exactly. And I think a lot of people are in jail for that. And I would, you know, I'd start with reform, I think, like in that case, like remove people for things that are not beyond like what I believe about like drugs or whatever it is, like 
what my values are based on like what threats are they to society yeah. so yeah i think the change i see is having more open honest conversations about policy about these things i'd invest a lot of money into dialogues like these podcasts like all these kind of things where people shout out to the Anna podcast <laughs> right that's the first checks going straight there <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would be a lot to do with dialogue hmm. and like and proper dialogue not just like talk shops and uh, all yeah, those yeah. things and just making sure that the best people are implementing the policies because i think that's my experience like in government having worked there's that there's a lot of policies that they implement that the people who are implementing do not agree with and obviously if you don't agree with it you're going to do the bare minimum yeah. like if they implement a policy that's quite sexist to me like i would, if bare i was minimum. a government i would do like bare minimum and so and i think sometimes just, just forget to also. you know forget so yeah. <laughs> any of those things and i just i yeah i think that there are a lot of changes that are going to have to happen in South Africa but i think top down approach is a big one so if people feel like the people at the top can get away with certain things they're obviously going to get do way less like the people at the top are doing way worse i think than what we're doing at the bottom and what we're suffering from um but yeah i i could go on yeah, about you, yeah, yeah but no, yeah that's that's dope thank you very much for being on the podcast unfortunately thank this, you. it's a relatively short episode Yay. but <laughs> No, I'm joking. No, Thanks you, for having you're me. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it would be very dope to have you on the podcast again. Yes. I mean, we'll, we'll speak at length about this. This because what, what what I like about you is that you when when you I I didn't know the way this conversation was going to go, right? Okay. And so so there's other things that you that you've made me think about and, and that have kind of yeah new perspective which is very yeah. important um if people want to follow you on the socials are they allowed to um on twitter yes mm -hmm. let's fight let's do it yeah. um, <laughs> it's um comrade cd mm -hmm. yeah you can like on twitter you don't even have to follow you can like even like dm me dude i fight in my dms every day i don't have the energy <laughs> people like, i'm like hmm, is this worth it is it not is it worth it and i realize like people start a fight and then like with the hope of like trying to get your numbers so maybe don't do that <laughs> maybe don't do that that's just a typical male tactic <laughs> honestly because uh, we, we know once we've got you responding i mean it's Actually, like we can we can probably finesse from there but uh, I'm, i'm sorry guys so so what i'm trying to say is men don't go into the dms trying to trying to um for other other reasons, other reasons. just yeah. stick to the issue yes <laughs> and i'm i'm very open to like different perspectives yeah. so please if anyone like hears this and is like interested in discussing things like Holler at your girl on Twitter. Dope. Um, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I appreciate thank you, you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah. It is Yanam365. All hits. No misses, man. Yes. <laughs>